Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello. After we'd recorded the first two episodes of this dumb little series, horrific allegations came to light about actor Chris Noth, who portrays Mr. Big. We're not going to get into these allegations in depth for the simple reason that we're aware a lot of you listen to this dumbass podcast as a respite from harder times in your life. We would never want to diminish or ignore allegations about powerful men, and we've included crisis phone numbers for the USA, UK, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand in the show notes. We applaud these women and all vulnerable people who speak truth to power, and we hope that they find some peace and justice. Now on with our silly little podcast. <laughs> Welcome along, everybody. And just like that, we're back in the with money. Sex in the city. Tim and Guy here. Um, listen, listen to me. If you knew, if you knew around here, here's what's happened. Guy Montgomery and myself, Tim Bat, are two New Zealand-based comedians who watched Sex in the City two, the movie, for a year weekly. We yeah. watched it over 52 times because I think we did some bonus ones. We then followed that up by watching the first Sex in the City movie a similar amount of times. Also for a year. We have not seen the original HBO show, the odd no. episode here and we there. We do not consider it to be canon. <laughs> it's not canon to us. <laughs> However, my dears, we are diving into this, um, this, this new season and just like that, and Guy and I have just finished, just yes. finished watching on on its episode. release day in New Zealand. We're at a, we're at the water. We just are for context. It's uh, it's nine forty two p.m. We're, we're in sat, the mobile studio. Yeah, in the drivers and passengers seat of a Fiat Punto, and um, the tide is out. We're in an estuary, so it's just you know, sort of dry. Seaweed covered dirt as far as the eye can see, and we've just spent forty three minutes mm. in the company of not four but three yeah. of our familiar friends and foes, yeah, and um, of course the fifth gal, New York City, and I've got to say that was a total experience. That was an incredible journey. Like the ending of episode one. Oh, we're going to spoil everything. So just be, so you know, yeah, we yeah. like this is like, a watch along podcast. So pause it now. Go watch it. Like we're going to fuck your shit up. 
Yeah. Um, Big time. But that was, honest, like, honestly, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and there's a few reasons, I think, why that is. You're um, fucked in the head, mate. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear you. Number this. one, I am fucked in the head. Uh, number two, I think to see these characters, and it, this is something that we speculated about a lot on you know some of the depths of our, our hardest moments on seasons of the podcast is to see these characters in a new environment to see them making new decisions um <laughs> is like it honestly feels like ground it feels like <laughs> groundbreaking television well, this, hold on this is a fucked way to assess this first episode of the new season so no, based on is... the fact that you haven't seen this 40 times before you're like this deserves an emmy i Roughly, yeah, something approximate to that, um, but but more than that, like there there are some incredibly. This is also written by Mattress Pikelet King, and who, I think directed by as well, which is I, I'm very confident on. That. Um, incredibly funny, as you said when we were watching it, he is a man with some shit to get off his chest. Oh, the dude is like instead of just going to therapy like a normal human being, he's decided to bang down the door of HBO to get another <laughs> season commissioned. Because he needs to work out his demons about how the world doesn't treat him good no That's more. That's right. But I will say this. There is an interesting thing that they've done in this in this episode, at least. Maybe not in the season of the show. Which is they have set this. And just like that, they've set the show in a world where the characters are perceived as intolerable. Sort of. But not in the way that they actually are. This was I this was so fucked up and I'm kind of mad that you enjoyed it and intrigued and um back to angry again like a loop to loop on a on a roller coaster which this was here's what happened guys I want to go big picture first and then we'll dive in okay does that sound good yeah, guy Yeah I'm ready This episode was complete fucking horse shit and then to recover itself they burn a character who has existed in the zeitgeist for what, 90, 90 fucking six or something? Was this, when did the show 25 start? 25 years, we'll say. Two and a half decades. They throw Mr. Big on the funeral pyre so that you will feel something after this horse shit episode. Everything is so terrible. Then they're like, you know what would recover this for emotionality? We'll fucking kill John Big. And they lift... His his cause of death is lifted, I think, from like a rejected storyline. This from... was leaked as the storyline for the movie, the third film that was written and never made for good fucking reason. What yeah. we just watched shouldn't exist in the world. It shouldn't be out there. Uh, I Okay. I mean, there's so much to get through here. I would almost bracket this show inside of the like um, Ted Lasso oeuvre of like let's just give some people what they want you're out of your fucking mind but i'm sorry to interject i don't know i i I feel like i mean i agree tim this show and in some ways this show is made exactly for us and and in many ways this show was not made for us at all but bro i a few times in the first 25 minutes of this 40 inextricably long episode 44 minutes I felt like Mattress Pikelet King knows what we've been up to, is keenly aware yeah. of the podcast, has listened to it, <laughs> and has directed a few shots at Timbo and Guy Guy. Yeah, 
It's um you might have heard in the in the opening Miranda saying uh Carrie, I love you to death, but I draw the line at podcasts. There's a lot of podcast shit in there, folks. He's, he's hanging shit on podcasts. He's also, I feel like he's edging towards hanging shit on woke culture. Which, yeah, yeah. Oh, he is. Yes. Which yes. is, um, I think, brilliant. It's not necessary, but I love him for it. I just think, Tim, like, it's, you, you say that the whole thing's dog shit, and admittedly, parts of it are. And, like, you know, the characters are still uh, entitled and quite tough to spend time with. But, I mean, as I've already said, number one, they're doing different things. And, like, this is how you said it. This is, you know, it's it's familiar intellectual property. And, yes, we know the characters. But they have to set up a season. And we've got Miranda going to to law school to study her master's in, like, human rights or something. We've got Charlotte, again, has not really been given a lot to do. Charlotte appears to still be, generally speaking, a nightmare, an overbearing nightmare. Carrie... Alone in the world, Samantha cast aside with about three sentences. All right, at the let's start get, of the let's show. fucking dig into this. Not three sentences. I wish it was three sentences. Three sentences would have been a lot more respectful than the I estimate 180 seconds they dedicated to denigrating Kim Cattrall. Now, this is the height of bad manners, Guy Montgomery. <laughs> we have got an individual. That has been along for the fucking ride. And we know that her and SJP don't get along. We know that SJP got executive producer rights very early on and has been a a, a fucking diva to work with throughout the series. They had a falling out. Kim Cattrall eventually said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm worth more than this. I don't need to be part of this. I don't need to spend my life around SJP anymore. So and she didn't do it like super disrespectfully. In fact, I th- there was a there was a tete a tete I believe online which we knew about at the time. I've just got a bad memory, and I believe that um, Kim Cattrall's brother passed away. I haven't re looked this up recently, so I'm going by yeah, a feel yeah. here. And uh, and and SJP like sent out a public tweet about it or something, and mm. Kim Cattrall was like, "Lady, this ain't it. Yeah. This is not our relationship. This ain't where it's at." And so, like, respect. She didn't call her a big flaming bitch or something while she was grieving the death of the sibling. But she, you know, acknowledged what was, I think, an open secret, that their working relationship was uh, frayed, shall we say. Yeah, well, and just that. It was a, it was a relationship built around work. It was, yes. There was no connection beyond that. And I actually, I was, um, I, I, I was talking to someone earlier today about the series, and they said, that's right, yeah, Kim Cattrall's not it, because I heard she's... um. Tough to work with, and no. I had to say, and I had to say no, no, no. I think I think you will find. I mean, listen, we're not on set, but this is yeah. But putting we, the pieces yeah, together, yeah. we've got we've got our fucking flag to fly. This, this feels but, like so, an SJP yeah, problem. And so the way that they address the absence of one of the core four, and honestly, probably fan favorite, like Samantha, is the special source that makes this thing sing. Listen, BuzzFeed exists because. Of, of multiple versions of a quiz where you answered questions and it told you which sex in the city character you were and everyone hoped to get Samantha. That is now responsible for one of the greatest journalistic outlets in America, okay? That, that was all based around this brilliant character excellently portrayed for a very long time by Kim Cattrall. So tell me this, Tim. Yes. 
Why is Samantha Jones no longer friends with Carrie Bradshaw and the girls? Okay, so so plot explanation. This is this is an opening because they're like, we're going to need to fucking nip this in the bud. The yes. fans are coming back absolutely gagging for Samantha, and they're not going to get her because the woman portraying her has a fucking brain in her head and a bit of self-respect in her body. <laughs> so they say... Okay, Carrie goes on this big fucking convo with Miranda about how um, Carrie dropped her as an agent because it didn't make sense for her to be a literary agent yeah. for her in this so, day and age. Sorry to interrupt, but this is Please. this is preambled by the the, the uh, introduction of the girls. They're waiting outside to have a meal at a restaurant, mm. and they run into a friend, and the friend's like, "Where's Samantha?" And oh, like, this oh, is some rando friend who they call yeah, like Fritz or something. Yeah, yeah. She's got a crazy <laughs> name, but can I sidebar this for a second? So this show does this thing where it'll get a crazed, usually woman, to throw at the gals, and it'll be on screen and be like, isn't this woman a fucking crazy character? It's like, man, all these bitches are <laughs> off this fucking planet. Like, I don't relate to anyone, and and they're not even, like, of this moment at all. Like, I don't even know boomers who are like this. Do you know what I mean? But anyway. <laughs> so... They run to this woman and she's like, where's Samantha? Like, she's no longer with us. Charlotte says she's no longer with us. And the yeah. woman's like, what? Tension. Because we, as viewers, we don't know how they treated right. this. And this is also set in COVID. There's a lot of like sort of knowing nods and acknowledgements that COVID-19 exists. Yeah. But it's over, as it is in all of America right now. <laughs> yes. Famously, they <laughs> defeated the virus. That's right. And uh, they say she's not with us. And what? Sorry, I shouldn't like, laugh at that. Yeah. And then she says. I'm laughing at SJP. We're laughing at the. We're, I think we know. I think we're laughing at our own circumstance. Yes. Um, but they say, oh, yeah, no, she's not with us, as in she moved to London. And then later on, so they tease it, and then later on we get the exposition, which is, as you were saying, SJP talking to Miranda, being like. Yeah, so Carrie dropped Samantha as a literary agent. Because I, I, Sorry, I missed some of the nuance, but it was like, it just didn't make sense for her to be a literary not agent. Not in this day and age. Right now. Yeah, you know, presently. Because, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because Carrie's value as an author has been on the wane since <sighs> Sex and the City 2 when she published that absolute <sighs> dog shit book she put no fucking effort into, yeah. got slated in the New Yorker, and then took it incredibly personally, That's and right. cheated on her fucking husband yes. before blaming it on her three friends. A move I hasten to add <laughs> that Kim Cattrall's character, Samantha, tried to hide from her because she knew how fucking batshit her reaction would be. <laughs> she was a good agent. Yeah. So anyway, Carrie fired yeah, her because Carrie, Carrie, Carrie by sucks. The way, <laughs> Open Samantha's fucking mail abroad yeah, to read yeah, their yeah. review. We're back into fucking movie two territory, but okay, go off, Kim. <laughs> um, so that's so that this, is what this podcast should be called. <laughs> go off, Kim. <laughs> On behalf of Mattress Pikelet, oh, who is fucking he's clear, gone off. He is emptying his gun into into cancel culture <laughs> and into podcasts. The man should be banned from making media with this so, kind of budget. Yeah. Give him a blog. That's right. Can someone just give this motherfucker a Twitter? account and like <laughs> take Let all the cameras be. and crew away from him. Yeah. So, okay. Fuck. Carrie fires Samantha. <laughs> Samantha, and this is all relayed between, remember, Carrie and Miranda telling this story. So Carrie's like, look, I dropped her as an agent and she dropped me as a friend. Her pride was hurt. I tried to patch things up. I've called her so many times. She won't pick up. She moved to Europe. Yep, to London. London. She moved to London. Um, so there's all this shit about how Carrie like tried her absolute hardest to patch things up 
and Samantha's acted like a rider bitch. Yeah. And this it's is like, like, I am screaming <laughs> at the fucking screen. Because, like, it is mean to bully someone who's not in the room. Like, I don't get often. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try. You know. Is Sarah Jessica Puckett in our car right now? Too? Dude, I, well, that's fair, but that's different. <laughs> I, I, I try, outside of the realm of podcasting, to persist on the side of my better angels by not negatively referencing people when they're not around to defend themselves, right? It's uncouth. Yes. These motherfuckers have not only done that, they funded a fucking key grip, a DOP, a soundie to record a constructed conversation they have about paying this woman is, out yeah. that she cannot answer. It is, the, the veil is so thin between fiction and reality. Like, it is honestly like a 30-year-old piece of muslin that is worn to like just one fiber. Yeah. They are so clearly... Like directly addressing and sort of it's that fucking calling... cloth that Jesus's face is on. It's that it's that old and that yeah. thin, that threadbare. It is, yeah, it's insane. And also, like even within the show, it's very easy to take issue with the way that Carrie's handling it, which is like she took Samantha's totally reasonable and personal decision to pursue a job in London, yeah. you know, to live her life on her terms, incredibly personally. Isn't, and isn't was like, this rich guy? Yeah. That the fucking characters are mirroring what happened in real life. They're accidentally showing us exactly how horse shit SJP is. It's like with how her is, character's portrayal of this. How is Samantha doing literally anything for herself about you, Carrie Bradshaw? Go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> we're so, um, so as we're, you, as you we're quarter have, of an hour into yeah, the pod yeah. and six minutes into the fucking episode. As you may have observed, Samantha is uh, absent. And I, I yeah. honestly think we should... I'm going to open my door. Oh, yeah, it's hot in here, baby. The I'm mobile gonna... studio is heating up because I'm spitting facts <laughs> I'm gonna in pour, the oven. I'm going to pour some out for Samantha. Okay, good shit. R.I.P. Um, so, and fucking not R.I.P. Whatever the opposite of R.I.P. is, I guess it's P.I.R. I reckon That's it's... what I'd throw at Kim Cattrall because you were right. <laughs> you were fucking right, dude. <laughs> you have been absolutely vindicated by this first episode. They've got nowhere to go after this guy. They killed off God, uh, Mr. That, Big in, okay. the, first ca- in so the first episode. It's, cra- it's crazy to me that they did that. I remember watching a cameo that Chris Noth recorded. Not for me. Oh, okay. the service cameo. Yeah. Yeah. I. I was just, maybe I was just like, I think, do you know what? I think maybe I was thinking about getting a Chris Noth cameo for you. Yes, I bro. I looked into it. Too expensive. I didn't do it. But he was, radio, it was putting that. up an example, and in it he addressed the question of whether or not he'd be in the series. And he sort of like flippantly laughed. Mm. He like was like, well, I don't know. Well, we'll just have to see. And I, I, wonder, <laughs> He's British, I wonder then if he knew. And it's interesting because before they introduced the fact that he was clearly going to die in this episode, yeah. I wrote in my phone. Yeah. Mr. Big is trying to kill himself. <laughs> because. Okay, we'll go through how he dies, guy, and then maybe explain your well, thought process. I'll, 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 walk, I'll walk you through, because the, the two are actually aligned. I'll walk you through how I thought he was doing it. Okay. Basically, it's established early on, he uh, loves his Peloton. He loves his exercise bike. There's a Spanish woman who lives inside of his bike. And <laughs> him and Carrie Joe. And, and Big's mind, that's how it yeah, fucking yeah. works, people. This and, guy cannot read. And yeah, and uh, Big and Carrie joke about how he's fucking her or whatever. And, um, but like, so the first the first time we see Big, Carrie gets home. He's got a thing for the Latin American woman, doesn't he? Well, he does. He's always a thing for um, Madame Carrie on. I will. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and so. Carrie arrives home and Big's like, 
oh, you're home. Time for wine. And just pulls out a bottle yeah, of wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, like, these, these women are drinking a lot of wine. Are putting, putting back a huge amount of alcohol. So she, he does that. And then later on, he's like, he's always going under his peloton. He's always on the terps. And then at one point, Carrie walks out and she's about to go to a piano recital. And Big's just sitting in the fucking lounge, chuffing a cigar. Yeah. And she's like, wow, a cigar and a peloton? And Big's like, yeah, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And I'm like, you want out. Yeah, yeah. Like yes. here, here is a man who is making a series of decisions that are only going to lead to one outcome, which now, the show introduces. And I honestly almost thought that they were going to let him live because I could see either in Chris Noth's or Big's eyes yeah. as he was, you know, spending his last seconds on this mortal realm. And this is like the, the sort of emotional manipulation that you were talking about, which frustrated you with this episode. But I could see it's his because it's cheap. His desire to live. And I could feel his desire to live. And I could feel that even though he might have made these decisions and he was, he, he thought that his marriage was exhausting or whatever, I could see who thought. How do we know this? Because while Big was smoking his big cigar, behind him was a bunch of graphs on a computer monitor. That's so right. we can infer confidently from that fact, Your Honor, that he is still in the financial game. He is still a big wig money player in New York City, a.k.a. the world's casino. If anything, the financial game has finally caught up to big and that cryptocurrency is massive right now. That was his idea, bro. It was in the book. Who do you think thought of the fucking idiotic idea of NFTs? Mr. Big, he wrote it in crayon on page 17, man. He wrote down monkey picture, question mark. Monkey picture for $200,000? He wrote money and underlined it three times. Why do you think these monkeys are smoking cigars? Because he was adding shit from his own life. It's a beautiful scene. They're from Mr. Big's brain, straight to your... uh, crypto wallet, here, your cold wallet. Here is the thing, though: is I did, I did think he he wanted to die. He something that was going to happen, and then as soon as he was on the ex- so, basically his death works in parallel with a piano recital by Lily, Charlotte, and Runkle's hey, daughter. Guess what, everyone? A lot of times passed. Lily is an adult now. She's eight. Well, she's a young she, adult. Yeah, she's yeah. eighteen or so. And also, she's fucking good at piano. Yeah, she is sensational. And most importantly. Brady is a teenager now, and basically the only character trait they seem to have given him in the series is that he fucks like a maniac. Guess what, folks? i got two words for you. Brady fucks. And this version of Sex in the City? And that, like, okay, they killed Big to get everyone on board. I'm fucking on board for this. Yeah. I'm on board for Brady being a king. A a fucking storyline that we wrote, basically. Well, our introduction to Brady is not in seeing him, but hearing about him, which is Miranda complaining that oh. she stood raw dog with dude, a bare dude, foot dude, dude, on dude, a hold, used... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is over brunch. <laughs> <laughs> Just you need, you need to have that in your head. One of the yeah. ladies' brunches. Yeah, yeah. They've been waiting to get into this restaurant. It's a classy restaurant. And Miranda says, I stood on a used condom in Brady's room this morning. And everyone's like, okay. And then she's like, but get this. I was in bare feet. And it is honestly... Admirably visceral. I I like dry ridged, man. Like that's it's, fucking crazy shit. That's great writing though. And that's part of what I loved about this is it's I'm like not great this- writing. Mattress Piker King is out of his fucking element and no. he is taking wild swings no, for the it's fences. Great. It's great. It's filthy. It's filthy and it's establishing a tone. Do you mate, okay. How long have you been doing stand up comedy, Guy Montgomery? Ten years. Okay. 
You fucking, you go into an open mic gig, you, you see a lot of things. <laughs> One time out of 15, something like connects. And often what you're seeing is a lot of people just going big in any particular kind of direction to get a reaction from the audience. It's not particularly skillful or artful, but it's sort of where everyone starts because you realize that the art of live stand-up comedy first before you do anything else is to get a reaction out of the audience. Mm -hmm. This feels like an open mic gig. This fucking chat of Miranda coming out the gate by talking about stepping on her son's condom. Yeah. His jizz is on her bare foot. I'm like, no. I was going to say is, some names of some New Zealand comedians. But I don't I think his jizz is on her bare foot. I just think like. She says it. She fucking said it over brunch. She said, my son's, uh, what did she say? Semen, I think. Semen was on my foot before 12 o'clock today. I mean, it, okay. it might have well, been word okay. for word, Look, but she says Brady, it. Brady, have as much sex as you want. But if you're going to leave condoms all over the floor, you've got to tie those suckers off. Brother, brother. My, brother <laughs> let, I, listen to me. No issue with what Brady's doing. <laughs> the king of his domain. Fuck, wear a condom. Good man, chuck it on the floor. Your mum doesn't need to be invading your territory like that, brother. It's difficult, man. He's done he's done everything right, and Miranda okay. has done everything wrong. You know what? I agree. Miranda is breaking a boundary, but just tie the end of your condoms off, Brady. You're not this, wrong. This guy is fucking a lot. So we don't meet him. We hear that he's having sex. We hear that her, we, hear, we hear tell. Of yeah, these we we hear fucking adventures. We, yeah, word has reached us that Brady <laughs> is a fuck machine, and. Miranda and Steve have given, like, they opened the door up a crack and he kicked it down. They were like, yeah, your girlfriend can stay over. And he was like, oh, great. Okay, so basically we're going to fuck the whole time and it's going to be kind of annoying for you. And so we have that established. Later on at the piano recital, where it's a great opportunity to catch up with the old ragtag bunch. You know, yeah, Stanford yeah. and Anthony are there in their and marriages in oh, dire straits. They're having a lot of fights. Yeah, Willie Garson, who passed away. So I have, I've been trying to actively been trying to avoid spoilers and shit. Um, and I didn't know Big was going to die. I did see on Twitter so, someone said, like, there's a big death. So I knew someone was going to I see. I, I honestly sidestepped the whole thing. Right. Good for you. But I do know that Willie Garson, who is Stanford, is in the yeah. first three episodes. Which and is, then he I tragically think, yeah, passed away. And episode four is quite jarring because Chris North shows up playing Stanford. <laughs> Spicy <laughs> woke moment. Okay, guys. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, there's so much to tell. Carrie's got a got. This is the bit that feels so targeted to us. Carrie's. I mean, I know. I know that the podcasts have kind of like you know become a yeah yeah the default thing now. So Carrie Bradshaw is now transitioned from author to comedian. And what to po- to? Sorry, 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 she's sorry. Not to podcast. I beg your pardon. She's on with two comedians. One of whom is Bobby Lee, and I'm never sad to see Bobby Lee. I was, it was a delight to see yeah. him pop up and shit. I didn't know he was in this, so that's great. And it's a um, – oh, what's the fucking uh, – Savage? Um, what's Dan Savage. Dan Savage. It's love, like Savage, Savage Lovecast, whatever it is. It's Savage Love. They're just doing Savage Love, but a shit job of it, and with three people, and Carrie Bradshaw was very <laughs> brutish on it, which is just – Dumb. Like, she's been a sex columnist since her 20s. Yeah. She gets asked if she masturbates on air. Loses it. And, like, honestly, you know, clams up like a... a fr- it's like you've been trading on sex your entire life, and now you, who... 
oh, I understand that, you know, people are demure or whatever and that different people are willing to divulge different bits of information. But I'm like, you, you're, a, you're a 50-something-year-old sex columnist. You've been asked if you masturbate. Everyone knows you masturbate. Yeah. Because everyone masturbates, Carrie. Yeah. It's not like Even some Santa. dirty little secret. Santa, he's the worst of all of us. <laughs> that guy's fucking tugging himself off up and down chimneys. Why do you think the- snow is the preeminent <laughs> element of Christmas? It, it doesn't matter what fucking hemisphere you're in. It's a metaphor, fuckos, for cum. And she gets asked whether or not she masturbates. And she freaks out. Yeah. Like totally deflects, becomes the the most evasive and like and not tech, not like skillfully either. No, because Carrie Bradshaw in the series has always like got a quippy one liner or something to throw out. She just fucking melts at this, um, and then rightly gets hit up by the oh god. I wish I could remember the string that she self describes as, but like the um, the podcast host. The podcast host is a is uh it's it's like Michael Patrick. Uh, mattress pikelet kings so sick of the of twitter <laughs> that he's condensed all of the haters into a singular character and that's the person who's hosting the podcast i'm trying to find their name okay i don't know if that'll help i was more like because well, I'm, 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 oh, no. I'm fairly certain that actor is a comedian as well but i can't yeah they, they were they, they did a they did a fine portrayal of the character but it's the writing Brother, it's the writing. Oh yeah, yeah. Rattles off as um, you know, all the social identifiers Ser- that boomers now um think are trying to like invoke uh what the fuck do they call it? Like um cultural communism on us all. Sarah Ramirez. Yeah, who's portraying a uh non binary Latinx podcaster with a crew cut, you know, all, yeah, all, yeah. all of all of your worst nightmares if you're a 60-year-old screenwriter who can't make his peace with the world. Yeah, yeah. one of the last things you <laughs> want to do is create a character you can't write for. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a pretty fucking challenging situation. But they're in the podcast studio, and every time the host says anything which is remotely sort of um, modern, I guess, there's a button. Is there even that? There's a total non-sequitur. Like, they just, they, they press this button and then just say random shit. But what does the do button you, I, do, guy? The button says, woke moment. Like it's a top 40 radio station. Yeah, and the, I think it's to preempt that some, something woke is about to be said. I specifically looked if I could, because um, uh, I did rewind it three times. I found that moment so goddamn hilarious and unbelievable that I was like, there's no way that that is a physical button on the desk of the podcast host. They don't have other buttons. That's the only sound pad there. It's just one thing that they can press that projects a top 40 radio voice saying, woke moment. The podcast, by the way, is called X, Y, and Me, and it's introduced as talking about gender roles, sexual roles, and... Cinnamon rolls. All my favorite rolls. <laughs> it is very I, funny. I want to see if I could isolate the audio of that button, but someone talks I over mean, it. In there's, the show. there's so much to get through. And for the you know aspirational runtime of this podcast, which mm-hmm. is something that's finishing very shortly. Well, yeah, bloody, hey, add a couple minutes to the clock. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to but, get through. Uh, basically, Carrie is told afterwards, they ride in an elevator, the host and Carrie ride down the elevator, and the host smokes weed out of a pipe. In the, in the lift. Like, vaping doesn't exist in, you know, post-COVID New York City. No one's doing that. Come on. Mattress Pikelet King, I know you're getting some shit out, but no one actually does that. No. Come on, brother. They've got pens for that now. Fucking hell. 
uh, and is basically told like, hey, when I asked you if you masturbated and you clammed up, that's not good content. So mm. you need to open up about it. Yeah. And Carrie totally misinterprets that. Goes home, tries to write about masturbation, can't. So she, <laughs> she goes sits into- down at the trusty old MacBook, which I bet isn't an M1 because they're all old and we're constantly reminded that they're out of touch with the world. Yeah, and she writes, uh, masturbation in the afternoon is like a matinee, question mark, <laughs> single use or subscriber. And then obviously realizes that's a train to nowhere. So goes into the bedroom and says to Big, hey, Big, jerk it for me yes. right now. You think guy's kidding? He, he shits the nay. This yeah. is the fucking scene. Carrie saunters in there and says, hey, Mr. Big, I'm going to need you to masturbate in front of me, you fucking dancing yeah. sexual monkey. And then we have to watch Chris not start masturbating, <laughs> which is fucking awesome. Yeah. But uh, basically, I want through all of this, this mm. to me is a sidebar to what I was trying to say about Brady, yeah, which sorry. is minor, but basically... It's established that Brady fucks. The next time we actually see him is outside the piano recital. The first time he gets a line. No, no, no. It's inside the piano. Oh, no, sorry. Him waiting outside. The first time he gets a line, he's inside the piano recital. Someone's playing the piano. It's a pretty intimate gig. There's mm-hmm. like a hundred people there. Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting there sucking face with yeah, his yeah, girlfriend yeah, 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 yeah. so hard. We've and been 17. Miranda's like, you got to Steve, who's also there and looks fantastic, by the way. Steve looks so fucking cool and, now. Yeah, Steve he has got, aged real well, and he's got a hearing. He's he got can't hearing. Hear yeah, now. the whole gag with Steve is he, he can't hear, but he can still spell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Holy fuck, is that where spelling bee came from? <laughs> Steve? Yeah. <laughs> I should I should have a Steve Brown. Steve, fuck, you should. Where it's just all Boston spelling. Okay, sidebar within the sidebar. Guy's been running a really great thing that's had multiple lives on stage and on live streams which is guy conducting a comedic format for a spelling bee and i think the fucking genesis was, was st- yeah, i never put that together I think before i i hadn't either huh. but basically they're sitting in front of them Miranda's like you've got to tell him i'm sick of being the bad guy and Steve's like what which is a great play and then neither of them even turn to say anything and brady just takes one moment from hooking up with his girlfriend to mm-hmm. lean forward and mm-hmm. says mum we will not be sex shamed. Fucking king. And then shit. goes back to his business. Absolute rat king shit, my man. His whole through line in this season better be the man fucks. Dude, I am not here for anyone but Brady. Brady will see me through this fucking season, and I hope that he appears at least once in every episode. And I don't want a lot of him. I certainly don't need a lot of him. I just want him to to come in, fuck. Call everyone out on their bullshit and bail. Okay. I, I've got an idea for a um, a segment, which I think will serve us well across this season. Cool. And it's called, uh, like, well, I, I don't know what it's called, but it's it's your favorite. Name it. It's your okay. segment. Yeah, you yeah. can call it anything Thank you, you want. Uh, <laughs> well, it's called favorite character, least favorite character. Okay. Sick ass. So I can, I can hear from this. I can intuit that Brady, as of this episode, is your favorite no, character. actually incorrect. Samantha is out of fucking respect. Okay, fantastic. Who is your least favorite character? I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but I'm going to say, oh, I don't want to use it this early, though. No, it could be the same person across multiple episodes. It's just to represent the shifting tides and allegiances we'll feel. As Anthony. These... Anthony. Yeah. yeah. You don't like him? Nah. Why not? Well, he fucking, look, him and Stanford had a falling out. Admittedly, it sounds like Stanford was taking an awfully long time to get dressed for the musical yeah. recital. Well, but you know how people are. For. Some people are ready sooner and some people take a little bit longer to be ready, Tim. But Anthony's acting like a bit of a fucking prick. He's scrolling Instagram through hot 
you know, hot guys on his phone. Yeah, for his startup, Hot Fellas Bread. Yeah. They need to get some hot fellas to deliver this bread to him. It's a sourdough business. Well, I won't be further drawn. My answer is Anthony. (laughs) Okay. So Anthony's your your least favorite, and your favorite was Samantha. Samantha. Fantastic. I would like to say my least favorite, Charlotte. I've all, I mean, I know I sound like a fucking broken record, but she is so overbearing. She is like, all of these characters have moments where I do feel like they're having to reckon with some of their worst tendencies or traits. And she is trying to impose her idea of how family looks and how they present themselves in public on her daughters before the piano recital. She buys these Oscar de la Renta dresses. Runkle. <laughs> yeah, the whole family has to dress in the same dress, They've all which got, is yeah. um, fucked up. Yeah, it's floral. And Runkle, who's still on the scene and looks like he's done a couple of bags of cocaine, but otherwise... He's on a skateboard now, guys. Yeah. It's fun. Bald people don't age. Uh, it's, the, <laughs> it's the Patrick Stewart yeah. kiss but, from God. Uh, she's basically trying to force a dress on Rose. So And it just it, it doesn't read well to me, and she's just still and so as we know, a kiss is always a gift. Fucking A, man. And my favorite character actually is Rose. Yeah, good it man. is a yeah. young woman learning to stand up for herself, learning to stand up for herself in her relationship to her mother. She's an incredibly supportive sister. She goes to the piano recital. Lily plays the fucking ever-loving shit off of the keys. Yeah. Like, honestly... Standing ovation worthy, the only person in the crowd who is not wearing a floral dress but instead a tuxedo T-shirt and a novelty beanie is Rose, who stands up and is like, fuck yeah, yeah, that's my sister. When we were watching footage of her in the recital, I thought, is there going to be a jealousy through line? Are we going to have two sisters who aren't getting along because one of them has like clearly got a talent that's being spotlighted by the parents? Mm-hmm. But no, it's all support. It's all love. And I take my hat off to you. I absolutely love that shit, Rose. You're my favorite character in the series right now. Good on you, guy. I'm right in behind you because she does seem like the one sane person in this crazy fucking world that Mattress Park Club has put us back in. Just when we thought this motherfucker had run out of ways to kneecap us mentally, he fucking throws this season at us. Yeah. You shit me with this stuff, man. And there, I mean, there's so much. This is madness. Other stuff to skim through. Like all. Oh, the only other major plot point that we've missed. Yeah we, yeah, we should wrap up here for duration's sake. Folks, leave them wanting more. Unlike fucking Mattress Park the King. The only other thing we haven't really got into that significant um, is an insane scene of Miranda first walking into um, her first lecture. And she is the mature student by a number of years. Dare I say decades against these fellow um, academics. She's got her first day at her university class and she spends, you know. But get get this, everyone. The professor is black. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) And Miranda. Miranda, This fucking woman's lived in New York City her whole 60 years on the planet. Better yet, Tim, Miranda knew that but was still somehow surprised. So she she goes and sits in the wrong seat and, and someone who they have a... Um, 10 seconds of fun with because they're genderqueer. So, like, yeah, yeah big they have again, yeah. Mattress Pike. Like, you strike again, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Someone who who goes by they, them, says that's where the professor sits. And Miranda moves. And then Miranda says, he told me. And then they they say, I don't know what their pronouns are. It's a, it's a thinly they written say, character. Whoa, they say, wait, but- quick with the pronouns. But, like, in a positive way, like, she nailed it. 
But then Miranda proceeds to just repeatedly put both feet in her mouth while she explains why she's She's fucking so force-feeding her entire leg down her esophagus. An African-American woman with, with dreads is the law professor in, in goddamn New York City, where she's always lived. And all, the entire misunderstanding stems from Miranda having observed a photo of her on the university website. Look. Guess what? The thing sucks. Sometimes people look different from their photos. The Tim, speech it sucks. Doesn't, the episode sucks. No, no. It's all bullshit. No. Brady's a king. We've got we a, saw it coming. We've got a lot to deal with. Bro, and the, I'm honestly, proud of us for this reason. There was no signaling that Brady was going to be this cool. We we saw the writing yeah, on the wall. Or Mattress Pugler King has listened to our podcast. One or two. Not outside the realm of possibility. I, I'm I'm really excited, and honestly, the emotional heft of Big Dying it got me. Like when it we did. started recording, I was still coming down from that mm. experience. Mm. Um, we're going to be releasing these as soon as we can after they're released in New Zealand. So oh, we're getting these pretty live, bro. Yeah. So yeah. this is a watch we're, along hey, series. Uh, sorry, did someone order the pitbull? Because we are Mister and Mister Worldwide. That's right. Yeah. We're getting these hot off the satellite, folks. So. Uh, we are literally, because two episodes dropped to markets launch here in New Zealand, we are literally about to either remain where we are in beautiful Westmere. It's fucking nice Auckland, here, New man. Zealand, it's a good setting. Uh, and watch ourselves some more sex in the city. No. And just like that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.